Giggity-o, we are back. It's the SoCo <laughs> Show, episode number 129. And uh, this is, of course, the co-host, Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by the so-host, Seth Ott. Yiggity-o. Yiggity-o. <laughs> what the hell is that? I don't know, man. 129 greetings? You try and come up with fucking that many different ones. <laughs> <laughs> I think a simple hello would suffice. I disagree. Our listeners demand more from their greetings. Uh, welcome back, guys. We're, we're here with another episode. Uh, and this is going to be a goofy-ass episode. We're doing a lot of stuff this episode and it's all going to be fun um but it is we're going to be bouncing around to a lot of different stuff i, I think this is going to be a blast uh i'm really excited I'm, I'm coming off of a fun little uh weekend trip to san antonio texas which was fun. san Antonio. oof it was texan it was the first honestly i got off the plane the first person i saw had a cowboy hat on that is no that is 100 percent true <laughs> <laughs> so it was very texan i didn't see sandy cheeks but uh I bet you she was around there somewhere. Uh, so yeah, San Antonio was a blast. I feel like, you know, I got that like post trip energy. So I'm I'm fucking stoked to get in this. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think post trip and en- post trip energy is like one step below big dick energy. Yeah, that's as close as I get. <laughs> 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 oh man, I have I have a joke where uh, I say that I'm the only black guy you know that has little dick energy. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, I, I get that a lot. Um, but anyway, we're not here to talk about that at all. Uh, save that for the comments in the different sections, by the way. Um, anyway, we got, uh, we got a lot of show to get to. And Seth, you, 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 have, you have something to kick us off with. You want to set this clip up? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I feel like we've done this before. I'm pretty sure we've done this before. Um, where we've uh, listened to a video and had to determine, uh, is, is that a fart? So... <laughs> I smell a new segment coming on. Well, <laughs> it's kind of a segment because it doesn't happen very often. I'm, I'm not going to scour the internet for f- fart sounds. <laughs> for but, potential farts. <laughs> for potential farts. But uh, I, I feel like this this does, uh, th- this this came up this week, I think, uh, early, or earlier, la- late last week, early this week with uh, Wendy Williams. Uh, there was uh, a potential fart, fart gate, as they're calling it. Um, I'm pretty sure we have done this before because I think Fartgate has been something else. And we we talked about the the Fartgate being the anus. Yeah, that was (laughs) Fartgate was when the, I think Jared might've been on. It was when, uh, the, the Senator like maybe farted. (laughs) Yeah. So, so this is, this is another, uh, this is another rendition of the SoCo fart court. And we, we fart court. So we have to determine, uh, is this a fart? So okay, go ahead and here we go. I'm play gonna the, play, play this. Play the. Game. All right, everyone, let's play America's favorite game. Is this a fart? <laughs> fart court. All right, Wendy, what do you got? Odell, at 27 years old, you're old enough to understand political correctness in the times that we live now. You can't just slap people on the booty. Of course, he probably knows it's not right from a man to a woman or a woman to a man, but you can't even do that locker room thing. That cop wasn't playing that. I mean, you're lucky you only got battery. What if he filed for sexual assault? No. What? Something. That cop wasn't playing that. I mean, you're lucky you only got married. What if he filed for sexual assault? 
Oh, it's so damning when they pause the talking to fart. Yeah. Like if you yeah. if it was if it was in the middle of some talking, you just heard a fucking fart. It's different mm-hmm. than she like pauses and then she kind of leans into the next part of the word like she's <laughs> pinching it off at the end. Holy, let's hear it one more time. You're lucky you only got that. And that. <laughs> she 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 does like you're lucky you only got that. <laughs> I mean, you're lucky you only got batteries. What if he filed for sexual assault? Oh my God. This is fucking great. That locker room thing. That cop wasn't playing that. I mean, you're lucky you only got batteries. What if he filed for sexual assault? God damn it, man. That's funny, man. I don't care. Uh, Holy shit. I, this makes me hate myself because I don't know when farts are supposed to stop being funny to a person, but it seems like it should have happened by now. <laughs> well, so she denied it. Uh, she's saying if it was a fart, I would have, I, I would have admitted to it. Farts are funny, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it was real. Like, Nothing's, like you said, it, what like else she stops like talking. And what else she sounds stops... like that? Wendy, like is someone else in the room farting? Are you going to put the blame <laughs> on someone else? If it ain't you, I right. don't know who it is, but damn, that sounds like a wet one too. Like she needs to go fucking probably check it, check everything out in the toilet. Yep. Oh man, let's put this to bed one but. more time. Locker room thing. That cop wasn't playing that. I mean, you're lucky you only got battery. <laughs> what if he? <laughs> wow, wow, that is something else. Here it is, guys. Fartgate two. Fartgate harder. <laughs> Um, electric poopaloo electric poopaloo that's a good one. Oh man if you think it's a fart tweet fart yes and uh <laughs> the hashtag and if not hashtag fart no <laughs> and uh send those to <laughs> at soco show pod on both twitter and facebook uh weigh in on, on fartgate uh this is great i love this yeah this that, is, this that is the went exactly exactly like i thought it was gonna go <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'm glad I'm predictable, I suppose, um, because that was a laugh that I am happy to have had. So, whew. Well, again, let us know your votes on Fartgate 2, and uh, we're going to roll on. We got lots of other highbrow, well-thought-out, uh, you know, intelligent conversation to have. Uh, but before we do any of that stuff, let's do some chic tweets. I call you a punk. So this will be kind of brought back up uh, later on with our main topic. But Iron Sheik talking about this uh, virus that's kind of spreading through through China. He's also bringing up the big news from last week of Star, Star Trek Picard uh, or Picard coming out uh, on CBS All Access. So you combine it all into one tweet. You might say how that's going to work. I'll tell you. He says the Wuhan virus and hashtag Star Trek Picard. Same thing. Sheiky Baby and the William Shatner boldly fucking suplex them, both where no jabroni has gone before. Hashtag Weehan virus, hashtag coronavirus outbreak. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> so he thinks William me? Shatner is going to suplex the coronavirus? He's going to, William Shatner, the Sheik is going to suplex the virus. And okay, so William Shatner is going to suplex. Uh, Sean Luke Picard, aka Patrick Stewart. So it's a tag team match. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Sheik and Shatner versus Virus and Picard. Wow, 
That is, I guess I would, I would get, uh, I, w- I would get a ticket to that. I think I would do that. <laughs> I don't know how a virus fights, but I don't know. The chic versus the virus. Well, I think what the lesson we need to take from this is that need don't worry, uh, you know, the world. The chic will defend us from enemies big and small, and in this case, viral. So um, we're in good hands. We're in good hands with the chicy babies. Chic, thank you for your protection. I call you a punk. All right, buttholes, time to listen to our sponsorship stuff. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free. Um, (laughs) Next up is Mathis Designs on (laughs) Etsy. You can find our friend Steph on Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Paid. And, of course, Mike's Wood. You can find the Corn Fed and Wed store at Etsy.com slash shop slash Corn Fed and Wed if you want to get your wood worked. (laughs) What was the the other guy's wood's name? Jim. Jim and his wood. Jim? Yeah, Jim's wood. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, Seth is cheating on Mike with Jim. Uh, Yeah. More to come on Days of Our Lives podcast edition. Um, One more sponsorship to talk about. Let's head to our previously recorded selves for a bit more. So that time when I kicked it over to the ad, I like pointed to the side like I fucking have a clip or something. There's no one watching it, so I don't know why I did that. But I do it from time to time. And I just like just pointed right over right there at the here's here comes the fucking ad. And, you know, just so everyone knows. And we have a ton of show to get to, guys. We're in the TV corner. We got some reviews. We got uh, a, a fun new game uh, and some uh, some some newer games, uh, kind of making a return. All sorts of fun stuff, and uh, we're going to do a wacky TV corner and, and a pretty interesting topic around movies. So let's get into all that. We have a bunch of news to cover, but we can't spend a lot of time on it. Let's do some quick hits. Quick hits. We will start in movies. Um, holy flurkin. Captain Marvel 2 official, and it's coming in 2022. Hmm. We'll see. I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic because I liked Captain Marvel on my second watch a lot more than my first. So uh, we'll see. I'm interested to see where they go with this character. And they are. It's uh, present day, and it, they're not bringing back the original directors. It'll be a new directors. Ooh, interesting. Um, Bambi live action movie in the works. Uh, the first casting news is that Keanu Reeves has been cast as the Hunter. Oh, is that true? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that, that would really fuck up his whole being the most beloved thing in America right now. <laughs> uh, I think this. I don't think this was a good choice because they're, they're either going to show a bloody fucking deer get, get killed in the woods or they're going to not have blood even though a deer got shot. And either way, it's stupid. Um, but that's probably going to make a billion dollars. So good for you, Disney. And then finally in movies, uh, Belfort chooses Rich again. Uh, Jordan Belfort is suing Scorsese producers for $300 million for defamation. What? Of Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> he fucking wrote the book it's adapted from. What a dumb idiot. God, this guy. He's... And he was it. Wasn't he in the movie briefly? He was in the, he was in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, this guy's a fucking scumbag, man. 
Uh, we'll move on to TV before Cody gets too mad. Um, uh, do you hear how high my voice was getting just there? Holy shit. <laughs> I know. I cracked a window in my place. Don't get me that excited. <laughs> uh, in TV, uh, Hulu, there are a bunch of dumb mother duckers. Uh, Howard the Duck and other Marvel animated shows have been canceled. Oof. This is a bummer. Including, yeah, it's including Kevin Smith's out of the job. Uh, I was excited to see. Was he on Howard the Duck? Yeah. Yeah, I was excited to see that. That's a bummer. Too bad. I Obi-Wan, der what the fuck is going on. Obi-Wan series delayed indefinitely and may only be four episodes. Yeah, this is a bummer. Um, the The first thing I heard was that Hugh McGregor said they pushed it back just for scheduling purposes and it's not a big deal, but none of this news sounds good and that sucks because people are looking forward to this, including me. And finally in TV, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier moved up to August, so that'll be coming sooner. Uh, until then, everyone can stay up to date on their other favorite Disney Plus original. Jeff Goldblum randomly mutters about shoes and other random shit. <laughs> I have not watched that Jeff Goldblum show, um, but I am excited for Winter Soldier and Falcon. I think that uh, this is one of the shows I am excited to watch. Those those are two characters I like, so I'm glad that they're bringing us this uh, earlier than we thought. Yeah, we're getting that, and then WandaVision will be this year, too. So we'll get a few Marvel hey, stuff yeah. soon. I like um, it. But... Until then, that is the quick hits. Oh yeah, good stuff. Not, not good a, stuff as not always. a quick hit. I not a quick hit, but it's kind of game news, I guess. Did want to bring up, uh, you know, Knights of the Old Republic games. Yes, uh, they're going to be doing like a reboot slash uh, reimagining type thing. Not a direct port, but it'll be a new game. Uh, but they're bringing basically Kotor back to the current time, and they're going to be using it to. I guess tell the, the there's rumors that this might have been like the Benioff and Weiss project, not because they were they hadn't signed on specifically for movies, um, but basically like kind of the the they're bringing this story back through games again. So hmm. don't know the details 100 percent yet, but we'll be that'll be coming back and potentially maybe in the style of like Fallen Order type of thing. So that could be cool. That would be very cool, and uh, the, this is a way for them to canonize parts of Knights of the Old Republic that haven't already been. So this is cool. I think it's going to open up a whole new little world of Star Wars and uh, hopefully get people really digging it. And I just love Star Wars games. Mechanically, they're just fun as hell. So uh, I'm mm-hmm. all for this. This is very cool. And I never played Knights of the Old Republic, so uh, something new for me. There you go. Boom. So we got bonus news this week. Seth always bringing the fucking juice. So we are off <laughs> and rolling on episode 129. Uh, we are going to talk a lot of movies today, but before we do that, we got to talk some TV. Let's jump in the TV corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Alrighty, it is a, a triple corner here, the TV triangle, and uh, we've got three shows, all from Netflix this week. Uh, I'm going to start with one that I watched, uh, and Seth, I know you saw at least a lot of this as well. The Kevin Hart documentary series, Don't Fuck This Up, which is available now on Netflix. I caught this on some plane rides this weekend, and you know, like a lot of documentaries, um, this one was really cool in that you got to see different sides of Kevin Hart than you're used to seeing. And what was cool about this was, you know, getting to see Kevin Hart go through his daily routine and go to the meetings and get to just explain himself for different things that he done in the past. Um, This went a long way to kind of changing. I know I just totally derped through that last (laughs) sentence. Um, 
but uh, I, I, it changed my opinions of him a little bit. And like any good documentary, it just opened your eyes to things that you didn't know before, right? And so through that, you get a little bit more of an understanding and, and you know, you can think differently about some things. Um, I, it's still kind of conflicting with Kevin Hart, but I can see you know, how his world has been, specifically talking about the Oscar scandal a couple of years ago. And then he had a scandal over cheating on his wife a couple of years before that. So uh, he's had some interesting kind of media foibles and this kind of gives you the the other perspective on it. You also just get to see how his, his work day goes, how much he works, how he interacts with his family and how he interacts with his friends. And all that stuff was pretty cool to see. I, I love that behind the scenes for some of these guys with these crazy lifestyles. I hope the rock eventually does one like this, get to see just what he goes through on a given day. Um, but this was fun. It was well-made. Uh, it was funny in, in a lot of parts and you just kind of get the, the cool, um, you know, the cool new perspective. So this, this hit all my documentary touch points and then also got to talk about comedy and, and things like that. So I, I really dug this. Um, I don't know, Seth, I don't know how much of it you watched. I know, I know you've seen parts of it, but, uh, what did, what did you think of this one? Yeah, I I did watch most like I kind of had it on like background type of thing, but uh, I caught a lot of it and uh, I agree. With, yeah, a lot a lot of what you said. Definitely found a new respect for him. Um, it, it just the the way he lives his life and his goals are very interesting. Seeing where he came from is really interesting as well. Kind of coming from nothing and building, really building this all on his own. I mean, people talk about that that all the time where it's like self made, self made. Uh, he is. He truly is. I mean, he he came up through the comedy ranks and. You know, kind of did he? He did it the the traditional way of you know open mics and and all that stuff. And then you know look to him now. It's just because of hard work. You know, he's always he's always working. He's always he's still keeping that stand up game and and all that stuff. But he's always trying to find the next project to to make it, you know get to the next level and all that stuff. So a lot of respect for him and 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 the way that he he runs his business and all that stuff. So cool to see. Oh, definitely. Definitely. There's a lot of themes in here. Talk about second chances and just getting older and more mature. And, you know, I hadn't thought of this until I was watching this, but it's so um, I'm a grown little man is the first big special that he had. And I remember that coming out and remembering that that was like 12 years ago now is so mm-hmm. crazy to think of like how I think of Kevin Hart is that special and how much he's grown and changed and matured over the years and like to his recent special, which I still need to go back and watch. Um, it was really cool to see, you know, and, and as we get older, we get more opportunities to see our entertainers kind of change and grow. And that was, that was a pretty fun part about it too. But I would highly recommend this to everybody. Um, people who are fans of Kev Hart, or if you don't like him, maybe this might change your mind. Um, comedy fans, people just curious about what he, what his thoughts were on the whole scandal. Um, a lot of good reasons to watch this. And, uh, I give it a high recommend. Um, I guess we're, I, I have to score in the corner. So, um, no, the scoring's gone. I eliminated scoring's it last gone. week. Okay, yes, good. So uh, I'll just say thumbs up, high recommend for uh, Don't Fuck This Up. Yeah, I. I uh, it's funny because I last week I was like, oh, there won't be as many TV corners and, and <laughs> you know, kind of scaling it back. Then I I watched two shows. Um, but it, I didn't feel pressure in watching the two shows. I just wanted to watch what I wanted to watch, and I was yep. happier doing it. So uh, the first is one I've talked about before, uh, and, and it's the finale. I've been watching this since the beginning. Um, I've talked about it many times. This will be the eighth time I've talked about it, in fact, and that's uh, The Ranch, part eight, the the final part. Um, ten, ten episodes, I think. Um, but basically, you know, it's it's the finale. It's, it closes everything out uh, for The Ranch, wraps up all the storylines and everything like that. Um, I'll just say it it 
It was a satisfying ending. I, I'm glad. The one thing I was concerned about them doing was bringing back Danny Masterson somehow uh, after, you know, he, he had to leave the show and all that stuff, and they did not do that. So I, it's not a spoiler because he shouldn't be on <laughs> back on in the first place after all that stuff went down, but um, he did not come back, and I was happy about that. And uh, the way they wrapped it, there were some nice moments in the end, uh, some nice sentimental moments, some really funny moments. I felt like this part really it kind of started off a little ser- more serious but uh, as it went on it kind of got back to the the a little bit more of the the comedy aspects cuz they they kind of went dramatic sometimes and it just felt a little weird with the show um being like a multicam sitcom type thing um and i think i feel like this season's kind of just like all right you know we'll kind of get some of the serious stuff out of the way up front and we're going to just you know focus on on the family and the comedy and stuff and i enjoyed that again some sentimental moments at the end but overall I enjoyed it. So, uh, if you're fans of the ranch or that, you know, the, the, that 70 show type of style of, of TV show, um, I think this is, this is one you'd enjoy. Boom. I dig it. The ranch, bringing it to uh bringing it to a soft landing at the eighth part. You can watch that entire series now, uh, on Netflix. What an interesting little like road that show kind of traveled, you know, mm-hmm. kind of showed up, got a big following and then lost a big part of it and then had the Masterson thing and then kind of just kept trucking on and finally got to finish. So, uh, mm-hmm. very cool one. Very cool. one. glad for Ashton Kutcher. Excited to see what he does next. I hope he's going to continue to do some TV or maybe do some movies. Uh, cause I just love seeing him on screen. All right. Then the other show, <laughs> I'm uh, so excited to hear about this. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the other show, uh, I'm sure if you've logged into Netflix in the last two weeks or so, three weeks, uh, you've seen this pop up, been one of the more popular shows on Netflix and that's the circle. Uh, the Circle is, th- my big appeal to it was that it's a Big Brother style type of show where a bunch of strangers go into this house full of apartments. The difference with this and Big Brother is that they don't get to meet. This all happens online. So it's it's kind of built as a social experiment where they're all in this thing called The Circle. It's kind of like a social media thing where they get to create their profiles and they only talk through chats, uh, whether it be private chats or group chats or the overall Circle chat. And they basically put themselves out there where they can come in and choose if they want to be a real person, be themselves. They can do it if they want to create their own profile and find some random pictures and and whatever. They can catfish them, essentially. Uh, And you got a good mix of people who are catfishing and aren't. Um, But they're they're isolated, and the only communication they have is through this circle. Um, And and basically, they're just trying to compete to be... The, the last one left or the, the most popular essentially is, is what they're trying to vie for is, is uh, popularity. And so we get, we get a, a whole group of different people. I mean, you have, I mean, you have men, women, different race, nationality, sexual orientation, all that stuff. And it's interesting because I don't think this is, this is, I think it's only filmed over a couple weeks. Uh, and this is actually originally a British show. Uh, I was reading up on it a little bit and they, they kind of, they just filmed it real quick after the last season of the British show had ended and then sold it to Netflix and put it on Netflix for for here, um, but uh, so it's it's a little bit different in, in that terms. A lot lot shorter scope. Like Big Brother is like ninety days, and this is probably only over a couple weeks. Uh, they also change things up a little differently, which I did not like. Where they once someone's eliminated, so basically the way they kind of start the, the the first few weeks is that um, they have player rankings. So they you know interact for a while. They they throw in a few games here and there, and then they rate. The players, um, each each player individually, you know, from one to I guess seven is most of the weeks so how they did it. 
because it started off with eight people in, in the house, but they rate, you know, their favorite to the least favorite person. And then whoever's were the, the top two favorites for a while were the influencers and those influencers would meet up uh, privately, privately in the chat and talk about who they, you know, feel like they should send home and then they come to a decision who they're going to send home. Um, so that's kind of how the basic game worked. And then, um, what was really cool aspect of it and, and the parts that really added up some of the drama and the fun to it was that once someone is eliminated, they get to choose one person to go visit so they could go confront someone. They could, if they had, if they thought someone's a catfish, they could go, uh, and, and find, you know, meet with that person to see if they were a catfish, all that stuff. And then once so they meet with, meet with the person that they meet with, and then they also have like an exit video where they reveal themselves, uh, whether they're real or not. And like kind of the decisions they made and blah, blah, blah. So some really interesting aspects there. Um, and then they kind of switch some things up of like the votes and all that. So like sometimes like the votes would be like, uh, the player rankings would be the la- the last person who person is last place would automatically go. Or, um, the two influencers would kind of like save people. So they would switch things up, which was kind of cool. And that's, that's one aspect I did like over kind of like big brother, or uh, that was different than Big Brother. The one thing I did not like, though, is when someone would leave, another person would come in to take their spot. And to me, that didn't seem like make any make a lot of sense because the other people already, already know each other. And so it just didn't, like, in terms of a game aspect, like, they, they just wouldn't choose that person. You know, like, they don't know this other person. They're an outsider. So I guess that's part of the experiment of it is, like, when you introduce someone new or you don't know them, like, they're more of an outsider and it's hard to get to know them and blah, blah, blah. And, and that they, I thought they were going to make way more of a point of, you know, this was an experiment and, and they kind of mentioned it a few times they do like at the end, they do like a reunion type thing. Um, but it didn't, they, it didn't seem to me like they were making such a big point about the, like, I figured they would come up with some stats and things like that. And it just, it was way more about like the people than it was the, the experiment of it. So that was kind of disappointing. Um, and then again, I didn't really like the them bringing in new people. I, I would like it a lot more if it was kind of the Big Brother style, where you have you start with twelve or fourteen people, and then you know one by one they leave type of thing. Mm-hmm. So that would be more interesting. But overall, I thought it was a really interesting st- show. Um, they do kind of talk about separately, I guess, in some of the exit interviews and things like that, or like when they're because they're they, they often talk to themselves when they're like they get a message, they read it out loud, and then they're talking through it out loud and stuff. And so some of that is talking like they, they mentioned like people being fake or making up lies or them being suspicious of being a catfish and all that stuff. So that was interesting because that's like a lot of when we are on social media now, uh, a lot of what we do is kind of like, oh, they're being fake or, you know, that type of thing. So it they they kind of make a point of that in the show. But again, it just felt like way more they're focusing on the personalities. So um Things I really liked, things I you know thought could be done better, and but I would totally be down to watch another season of this. I think, and I'm sure they will, because I think it's super popular. But um, really interesting show, really different um, than kind of what you've seen in the past with some of these competition reality shows. But overall, I I think if you're a fan of Big Brother, you will definitely like this. I've seen a lot of uh, Big Brother former contestants and things like that tweet about it and talk about it, and I think be involved with it in, in certain ways. So that's pretty cool. Um, but, but overall, I think if you like big brother, you like competition reality shows, even like survivor and things like that, you'll definitely, uh, be interested in this. And I, I would say give this one, if, if you're interested at all, give this one like a two or three episode, 
like the first episode when they're introducing all the 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 people it's kind of annoying like the the people are just really kind of out there and like really in your face but once you once you get through that and start to see what the show's about and like uh, them showing like doing the interacting and all that stuff way more interesting it's like just on a like a social experiment level like I, like they kind of try and push the show it is interesting to watch and you make your own kind of like ju- judgments about people and stuff and it's like it's all i guess they did drop it like three episode at, oh, three episodes at a time and i caught it like just after the final episode had posted so uh you can you know obviously binge it all at once now but it'd be interesting to to kind of watch it in those those chunks too so it's cool i, I would recommend checking out if you have any interest in those type of shows at all man that's dope um I, I heard someone just this past weekend say it was the best reality show they've seen. Mm, and I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, we'll see. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I, I could watch this. It seems like it's relatively short, right? So it seems like something yeah. you just plow through. and uh, It it's sounds like, interesting for sure. It's like 45 minutes an, an episode. And I think you would like it for the social aspect of it. But it is very much to, like, I guess, geared towards people. Uh, you know, people who enjoy reality shows too. So, right. you know, it's got a lot of like the, the weird moments person, you know, like there's some, some love connection type stuff and all that. But uh, in terms of just like how people are, th- cause they talk everything out loud, all these players. So like their thought process through it all is kind of interesting. And it does kind of bring to light a little bit of like social media and the fakeness and all that stuff too. Uh, I still much prefer big brother um, as a show. I, th- I think that that social experiment in a way of like, putting people in a house together and just making them live together and all that stuff. I like that way more. And it's more of a game aspect to it. Um, I think survivor is a, a better show and I, I still don't watch that, but I think this is really interesting and, and is a fun, like if this would have came out in the summer when big brother's going on, I probably wouldn't have watched it, but mm-hmm. it's a nice little bridge for me with being such a big brother fan. Yeah. I like this. I Netflix getting into the uh, game show game a little bit. And that's been, that's been pretty cool to see. Um, but also, the wave of international game shows that have come to the U.S. even just lately, like uh, mm-hmm. Ma- Mass Singer was one, uh, The Circle, the the British Baking Show has been a huge deal over here. It's it's they're coming in hot and fast, so that's pretty cool to see. I love a good game show. Like, you know, I, I don't watch them all, but uh, you know, you find one that fits with the shit you want to see, and it's it's pretty fun to to go through and watch those. Um, I remember getting super wrapped up in Big Brother that one summer with you, uh, and that was that was pretty <laughs> pretty fun to follow for sure. So if you're looking to get your reality show fix uh, in between episodes of The Bachelor, then uh, make sure you check out The Circle, uh, which along with The Ranch and Kevin Hart's Don't Fuck This Up is available right now on Netflix. So check all those out. Uh, all positive. Yeah, there you go. All positive reviews this week in the TV Corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. All right, then. Let's switch gears, and we're going to go into movies. We're going to start by bringing back uh, something we haven't done in a few weeks. Here is Making the Quota. What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. (laughs) My name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote. Okay, Seth has found a quote from uh, from a film, and I need to figure out what film it's from and what character said it. Uh, very excited for this. It allows me to flex my trivia muscles. What do you got for me this week? So it's been a while since we've done this, and so I kind of wanted to retool this a little bit. So same game, but in terms of the who the actor is or based around, 
so what we'll talk a little bit this week, uh, th- this week coming out is uh, the rhythm section with Blake Lively. And so I, uh, this is a, bl- a movie with Blake Lively in it. Ooh, so okay. the, the, the quote is based around that. So Excellent. Uh, the quote is actually two people uh, because it, it's a, it was a funny quote and I wanted to br- have the lead in. So you might get extra points for, for getting both. Um, but the, the quote is, the first character says, I could go to jail. And the second character says, don't worry, you're young. Your butt can take it. Oh, I know this. Um, ooh, Blake Lively. Um, okay, two first instincts. Um, first, Van Wilder? No. Okay, second one, then I think it is this one. Is it accepted? It is. <laughs> okay, I fucking love this movie. Uh, so I think that's going to be... Uh, I think that's going to be Jonah Hill's character, and mm. it's not. Uh, is it then um, Justin Long's character? Yeah, what, what what line does he say? I bet he's the guy that says, I could go to jail. And True. then the Do second... Do you character's name? Um, Bartleby. Yeah. Yeah. Bartleby Gaines? Is that it? Yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> they say his name. Blake Lively says Bartleby like a hundred times in that movie. That's why I remember it. I'm um, surprised you remember the last name. Yeah, the I love that movie, dude. I've seen it so many times. Is the second guy Lewis Black? <laughs> yeah, do you remember his? No, I don't. I don't remember his name. It's I remember he's ben. the dean. I... Ben, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, his character's fucking great. Oh that. my god! All he does is just Lewis Black scream shit into the nothing. Yeah. Uh, don't he's... worry, you're young. Your butt can take it. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a really good Lewis Black, damn. <laughs> that movie, ah. Uh... That is that is a highly underrated and underseen movie. I love that is a great great two thousands comedy. Fucking love it. In fact, let's break this bitch out. We haven't done oh, this in a Jesus. while. Oh Jesus! Where we're going, we don't need roads. All right, we had to spin it back in time. Accepted, starring Justin Long and Blake Lively, gets this week's retro recommend. A very good pull uh, from the newly retooled. Making the quota. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote! Ah, that was great stuff. Great stuff. I miss that sounder. Yeah, that's funky. I, <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Uh... <laughs> Oh man, that movie! So when they when someone falls out of the ceiling and Jonah Hill screaming his head off, <laughs> uh, then it's got to ask me about my wiener. That show, that's a great movie, man. It's a great movie. Uh, we are gonna spin things forward, and we are gonna head into a dark, dark future, and explore a hypothetical scenario in our movie section this week. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. All right, Seth, we're going to live out uh, your and my absolute nightmare. Do you want to set this up? Yeah, so I, I mentioned with the, with the Sheik tweet earlier, there's a virus uh, that's gone around and that it's made its way to the U.S. in a few cases, but has been primarily in China. China. And uh, it's a it's like a neurovirus. I can't I don't remember the exact name of it, but it's essentially like it's. A lot of people say it's kind of like just a, a really bad cold, like the symptoms, but can kill you. And so um, the, in China, they've they've shut down in order to prevent the spread of this virus even further. 
Uh, they've shut down movie theaters and a lot of they've shut down a lot of other public things, but one of them being movie theaters. And so uh, they've talked about this being an an, uh, 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 an impact with the box office and things like that because China has become such a large market with uh, you know the gross the gross of movies and and you know the overall revenue and things like that. So in a lot of cases. Uh, or in some cases, China has become even more important than the United States for the gross of movies. So um, ta- thinking about through this, in the United States, movies is movies are, excuse me, um, uh, and, and just pop culture in general are generally a much more important thing with our, with our culture. Um, you know, we, we, we hold, you know, thinking about looking at the Oscars and Emmys and uh, you know, even going to like Twitter and tabloids and all that stuff, uh, celebrities, movies, TV, all that stuff is 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 held to an extremely high regard. A lot of people talk about that uh, that type, that part of our culture being kind of like how in England, like the the kings and queens, like the royal monarchy, is is, is like that's kind of how we look at our culture looks at celebrities. And so, um, what thinking about like if if this virus were to become a big thing here in, in America, or if if there's some sort of huge virus or sickness that were to spread through uh, America, what what would it take for them to shut down these theaters? Because it's such a big industry here. Um, you know, Los Angeles is entirely based around that industry. You know, it, it, what would it take for us to shut down theaters? Do you know? Do we think a simple virus like this would cause it? Or do you think it would it would be, or maybe not simple, it's probably not a simple virus, but a virus like this would cause it or would it need to be something a lot bigger? And then what our lives personally would look like if this were to happen? Um, how would it affect us? Uh, what do you think would happen to the movie industry? Do you think they would maybe release movies, uh, like new release movies on VOD, just put it on VOD for, until the, the, you know, it's kind of things are back under control just so they can get that revenue stream? Do you think maybe they would give everyone just face masks to go into a movie, you know, like put the, 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 the mouth, the, I guess the old people often wear out in public. Um, <laughs> well, they do that. So I guess what, what are your thoughts on that overall? Do you think first we'll start off with what do you think it would take for uh, them to do that? I, I think there's only one thing. I don't think a sickness could do it. I think they, I think that we here would put the onus on the person sick and we'd be like, don't fucking come here if you're sick. Maybe they might mm-hmm. like, they might like screen outside of a theater. They're able to do that for fevers um, before they let you in. I could see that before they would close anything. Cause you're right. It's a huge, huge industry. And barring some sort of government decision, I don't think theaters as a whole would shut down. You might see some, but not, not as a whole. Um, so I don't think a virus could cause it. The only thing I can think of that would cause it is if there were some sort of, I'm thinking back to, which is always a great thing to do on a comedy podcast. Uh, I'm thinking back to 9-11. And uh, <laughs> for that, it was, you know, crazy shit was going on with planes and it was multiple planes and there was threat to more planes, right? So they stopped all the planes. And that's the only time they've ever done that. Mm-hmm. And I, if it was something like that, if some shit was going on in a bunch of theaters at the same time and... Um, or there was a threat for there to be something going on with a lot of theaters at the same time, then I think at at least the very big chains would start shutting up and they would say, you know, for this day we're closed. Um, but I think it would need to be some sort of big like terror threat. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and because it's that, I don't know that it would go on for long enough 
to like release movies on a different format. Right. I think that that, that stuff would get solved in a timely enough fashion that we wouldn't need to do that. But that would give Netflix and their already existing content a huge boost, right? Because then <laughs> yeah. you're only you're only able to watch movies from home, right? So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a dark future, and we're obviously far less caring about diseases and stuff. But you're right. I was I was on planes today, and the only people I saw wearing masks were Asian because in in China and Japan they take that way more seriously. And if you're sick, you cover your mouth and the U S doesn't do that. Like I probably mm-hmm. ate pounds worth of sneeze this, this weekend. <laughs> oh, gross. So yeah, that's, I don't want to think about it either. Oh, that's nasty. But uh, that's how we do it over here. So that's, I don't, I, I would hate it. I love going, you know, uh, like I, the theater experience to me is so, so much better regardless of what movie it is than being at home. Um, mm-hmm. And so that would that would be a game changer for me. I, w- I would really fucking hate that because I was talking to someone the other day about like what I how I go to the theater so much, but I so rarely watch movies at home. And a lot of it is mm-hmm. because when I watch movies at home, I have to choose from the every movie ever made. And when it's the theater, <laughs> that choice is kind of made for me because there's only usually a couple movies a week that I haven't already seen. And, you know, just by timing and everything, I, I don't have to pick movies to go to the theater. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a big thing for me. But it would that would shake my shit up, no doubt. Like that would affect a lot of the time that I spend, you know, going to the theater right now. Um, <laughs> you bringing up Netflix made me think like I could totally see, like if things got bad with Netflix, that like they have a virus they release <laughs> into yeah. the world. <laughs> You're staying home to watch movies now. The um, Netflix virus sweeps the nation. <laughs> um, do you think? So with, with so with us, because for me, like, I think we've talked about it uh, maybe with Jared or maybe on his podcast or just on this podcast. But um, for me, like, if I if I don't go for a while, I start to feel withdrawals. Like, mm-hmm. even I even feel withdrawals of like not going to my theater. Like, I've been to, like, I'll I've gone to uh, maybe a different theater chain for some reason, or like when we were in L.A., we went to a movie, or when I was out in Bend. It had been like three weeks since I'd been here and I missed my theater, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, like, an, there has been an emotion, and it's sad to say, but there has been an emotional attachment towards my theater and like going to see a movie in my theater. Um, there's just something different about it for me. Like, do you, what, what do you, th- like, do you think, do you think maybe you would it, say theaters like stopped existing because of like this stuff or whatever? Do you think you would, start to buy certain things to make it feel more like a theater for your, for your apartment. Do you think maybe you would start to pirate movies more to see maybe, maybe theaters still do exist, but um, you have to pirate movies in order to get new stuff. You know, do you think you'd start doing that? Those type of things? I would hundred, I don't know if I'd, if I'd pirate because my hope would be that if I go through the right channels to pay for my movies, that they could come back somehow. But, mm-hmm. um, I would definitely like up my home theater game totally because mm-hmm. that's I mean if I if I could get it you know a bigger screen and darker and better sound in my house then I'm what maybe not miss it as much but I would totally <laughs> miss it like I totally get what you're talking about the theater you know when you go as much as you and I do it's like a it's like a home away from home you know it it feels <laughs> to me like my desk at work or my you know my my common stages that I'm on here in Bend for comedy like you get 
And I've, I like, there are specific seats in theaters. Like I sat in the same seat this past year to watch Avengers Endgame and Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, same seat, same theater. Mm -hmm. And like, so I have, like, I experienced shit in those seats and it's silly that it's those things, but yeah, you get an attachment. I totally think, I totally think that's something that happens. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would try and buy like buy the seat from from our market, my Marcus, and oh, <laughs> try and get one of. The- that'd be awesome to have a couple of movie theater seats in your house. Ugh, I gotta yeah. get rich, man. I gotta get rich. <laughs> also, I think that right. I also think though, like with the way a lot of movie, and I know there's still a lot of movie theaters that don't have like the reclining seats and and all. Like there's still the traditional, uh, you know, fold down seats or whatever. But a lot of the, like, I know, like, at, at my Marcus and with, um, you know, being, having gone to, like, Des Moines and Bend with those, those seats, uh, I guess, ben, does ben, ben have reclining? We don't have recliners, which is which is okay, strange. Maybe you don't. Okay, so, like, uh, Des Moines, though. Des Moines, had, uh, L.A., we went to, they had the recliners. Um, Kansas City, I, was, I saw, had a theater there. A lot of theaters have the recliners. So, there's, you're not, like, as on top of each other. Like, there's a good amount of room between you and other people. Um I feel like that that wouldn't be as big of an issue for like the the sickness, and I'm sure like a lot of I don't know about a lot of the Chinese movie theaters, but um, you know maybe those are still like the you know seat to seat to seat you know like very packed in type of theater. So maybe that's another reason too why they you know close them down. But like the ones around here at least they probably wouldn't close them down because you're you have a good amount of room mm-hmm. between each other so if you did put on the mask and had a little bit more room and had like maybe they have a ton of hand sanitizing stuff and and all that like posted at each theater i'm they would definitely like it would take a, a ton for them to close down theaters around here like you said i feel like they would have a lot of stuff to be like make it look like oh you'll be fine you know the, the hand right. sanitizer um giving out free masks and all that stuff they would totally do stuff it would take so much for them to close theaters down entirely. Yeah. Like it would have to be, like you said, a threat. Like it would have to be someone comes in and they're like, every, I'm going to blow up every theater, <laughs> you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, before Which, they actually close. Them what down. a fucking diabolical. That's worse than the ice cream guy from last week. <laughs> Not by much, but it's worse. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd be doing, I, I would be looking for, it would be, I would be like a, be a movie being made in my life because I would go find this fucking movie theater terrorist yeah <laughs> i would i would i would ethan hunt him boom there you go um i'd be like be like end of watch yeah like we would yeah it'd be a serious buddy cop movie Oof. i think we just got an idea for a screenplay seth an end of watch it actually still makes sense for the title because yeah watch end of like watch, watch the, you know. uh Boom. Well done, my friend. Oh, we man. could set it in bend and it could be called Bend of Watch. Wow. That is <laughs> holy cow. That gets one of these. That's a that's a combo. Uh, well, obviously we're gonna be rich. Is there anything you want to say because you know this recording is gonna be played in our documentary? This is a this is a message message to my future self. You should really enjoy your life with uh Emma Stone. Uh, it's it it's it's gonna be great. You're gonna have a great family. Just enjoy it. That is uh, that is a good one. I'm gonna say to my future rich self, uh, whatever you're doing with your hair is probably stupid, dude. Quit being too fancy. <laughs> uh, and I and I'm gonna say, great job with the hair plugs, man. <laughs>
good choice. Oh my gosh. Um, great stuff there. Great stuff there. So, uh, guys, what do you think? Obviously, you know, we're, um, we're, we're as worried as everybody and, and concerned for everybody as, as this, this, uh, coronavirus. but, uh, let us know what your thoughts are. What, what would, uh, what would that mean for movie theaters in the U S and how would that affect your life? Hit us up on Twitter and on Facebook at SoCo show pod. And, uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. That's going to do it for that section. We're going to move forward into something brand new. Very excited about this new uh, game segment. Going to test my, my, my trivia skills once more. Uh, Seth, you want to set this new one up? I will. Um, yes, just I'm, just I'm just throwing a bunch of games to the wall, and we'll see what sticks here. Man, um, you're like, uh, what's I, the name of that? Chuck, you're like Chuck Lorre right now. Everything, you're just puking out a bunch of gold right now, and you're gonna, it's going to fill up all of our TV time. Hey man, I, I'm 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 here to do one thing, and that's uh, I guess mildly entertain. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, so the new game, uh, a new game created by yours truly. Uh, I'm gonna take a movie title, and I, I've searched all the applicable words through a thesaurus, and I chose um, words that are synonyms because I, I looked in a thesaurus, <laughs> and but. Uh, I did not do like simple words like the or of or at or in, you know, stuff like that. I guess in could potentially work depending on the situation. But mostly it's just like, you know, kind of the meat of the, the title will be uh, synonyms of the actual title. So this segment is called Thesaurus Theater. Thesaurus. Thesaurus Theaters. Oh, Seth, continue. Not only not only with the great segment, but a great title. It is alliterative. It's fun. It makes for a good uh, sound drop. It, this is everything is a plus so far. Now let's play the game. Thesaurus Theater. So the title that has been run through with synonyms is the fellow which gawks at Billy. <laughs> um. Okay, I think I, I think I know this one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's funny about these is like, like the actual title of this movie isn't that much less crazy than that. Um, okay, so this is going to be the George Clooney film, "The Men Who Stare at Goats." <laughs> ding ding ding. Okay, yes. I uh, so what? So do I? Do I get one of these? For three for the win. Yes. I suppose so. Uh, another, yet another way for me to win at things. So that, that makes me very happy. The Men Who Stare at Goats. Have you seen this? I think I've seen it. Um, at least parts of it I know. Yeah, I, th- I think I've seen it in its entirety, but I don't remember it. It's been a long time. I watched it in the last few years. It is fucking weird. Like, if you like the... I don't know if that's a Coen Brothers movie or not, but it feels like one. And it's that, that type of comedy that is just so obscure... And you're like, wait, what? Like, uh, <laughs> and and it's just full of that. And George Clooney's pretty funny in it. Um, but uh, yeah, Burn After Reading. Uh, not, not Burn After Reading. It reminds me of Burn After Reading. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a good one. The Say say the name of the thesaurus title again. <laughs> the Fellow Which Gawks at Billy. <laughs> the Fellow Which Gawks at Billy. Wow. AKA The Men Who Stare at Goats. This week in Thesaurus Theater. Thesaurus. Excellent stuff. Wow. That is good. That is good. 
we are going to move forward, and we got a little list to make here. Let's get into Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. Booyah. This is going a little bit outside of our typical box because we're not, <laughs> we're not going to be talking about movies or film, but we are going to be talking about stories. Uh, we're going to be counting down our top five fairy tales this week, which is very fun. Do you want to tell them why? Yeah, because Cody got called a fairy in San Antonio. <laughs> Actually, all five of these are stories about me getting called a fairy. Is that not? <laughs> <laughs> There's that Bo, Bo, Bo Burnham joke where he, <laughs> uh, he's like, I, what, he says something along the lines of like, um, he was called a fairy and, and not the one that he was. How does that go? It's like he's called a fairy, but yeah. So um, he says uh, he says he saw a fairy, and it was so beautiful yeah. that it made him feel better about being called one in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's oh, perfect. Fucking a. Um, but no, this is not based off of the, the nickname Cody earned in San Antonio, but instead uh, the movie Gretel and Hansel coming out this week. I don't know much about it. I think it's a horror movie, and they flipped the title from the actual fairy tale for some reason. Maybe that has something to do with the movie. I don't know. Uh, but uh, it's a fairy tale, Hansel and Gretel, of course. Uh, I don't know why, but it reminded me of uh, of Norm MacDonald doing Burt Reynolds. <laughs> the... <laughs> it's uh, Hansel and Gretel. It's a fairy tale. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. Um, but uh, so, yeah, we'll be counting down our, our favorite tales about fairies. I well, mine don't all have fairies, but number five. Okay, stoked to get into these because mine are all fucking badass stories, and I will tell you why in each are case. Are they? Yes. Uh, I'm also interested to see which one of these overlap because I don't know how many fairy tales we both even know. But at number five, I have the classic. I think everyone has heard of this: Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Ah, that's my number five too. Ah, excellent. So this is the story of this little white bitch that goes in the woods and starts. <laughs> Starts snooping around in these bears' house and eating their porridge and sitting on their chairs and beds and shit. And um, turns out she's the same size as their baby. And then these motherfuckers come home and she's got to dip out before she gets eight because obviously they have the right to eat her because, you know, stand your ground. If someone, if someone's in your house, you get to fucking eat them. And so, um, you know, Goldilocks as a squatter, uh, you know, not, not a story, not typical to see a story where a little blonde white girl is the criminal of the story and the big brown beasts are the ones who are the victims. But, uh, this is a classic and you know, one that I can always enjoy. I just wish it ended with her getting, you know, eaten. Cause that's what she deserved. Wow. I mean, uh, didn't know you were this passionate about Goldilocks. Yeah. But, uh, I'm on the side of the bears, man. And that little fucking baby bear, she was up in there sleeping in his bed and he didn't give her permission to do that. It's fucking weird. Can you imagine coming home and finding out someone you don't know just slept in your bed and left? <laughs> No, that's weird. That, that's a weird feeling. Like you get in your bed and someone's been in there. I don't like it, man. I don't like it at all. And she ate all their fucking porridge. They worked hard for that porridge at their bear jobs. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna move on because I think you covered it all. <laughs> Number four. All right, another set of three animals. A very popular. Uh, set up for a fairy tale. This is where I have the three little pigs. That's a can kick. Ooh, okay. Good, good. I'm glad you have that one high. My number four is Snow White. I do not have Snow White, but that is a good one. You do not? It is. Um, I mostly like this because the doors. They're fun. Um, I, I'm pretty sure... <laughs> so I've heard 
I thought first I, of the band. I was like, why is the doors? <laughs> <laughs> no, the dwarves, not the doors. Oh my god. Um, I've I've heard that like in different like because it translates through different like languages and the original fairy because like the ones we know from the cartoon, like the Disney one, um, is like dopey, bashful, sneezy, sleepy, happy, grumpy, and doc, but like different languages and the original like the original fairy tale prior to the movie and cartoon and all that stuff, like are really weird. Some of them, um, like I'm just pulling up. There's a chart. There's like a chart of all of them. And there's like dopey is minster and Dana. Like there's some sleepy is drowse. <laughs> like there's all kinds <laughs> of weird, different stuff. So it's funny. Re- like I've read through those sometimes and they're, they're kind of strange, but um, like there's a 1917. Let me pull that up real quick. Um, the 1912 play. So there's a play, uh, like Blick, Flick, Glick, Plick, Quee, Snick, Wick, <laughs> are some of the names. That sounds um, like the subtitles for a porno. That <laughs> <laughs> there's an '87 film that's Biddy, Diddy, Fitty, Giddy, Itty, Kitty, Liddy. <laughs> that's a Lil Wayne song. Like- <laughs> I mean, bitty, bitty, bitty. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, young money, diddy, bitty, witty. <laughs> oh Christ! So yeah, like they have different names and shit, which is kind of fun. Um, and then, I mean, I don't really, really, I just like the dwarves. That's kind of why I always liked it. And then, like the whistle, the the, I think it's the whistle while you work. That's the one. Hi ho, my. That always oh, pissed yeah. me off because my dad, when I'd go to work, when I worked uh, at the grocery store, uh, growing up, my dad would always, hi-ho, hi-ho. It'd be like Saturday <laughs> afternoon. And he'd be like, it's off to work. He'd go and be like, fuck you. <laughs> so, <laughs> Fuck you, dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. So Snow White and the Seven, Seven Dwarves, classic. Number three. Before I say my number three, by the way, Snow White and Seven Dwarves, another story of a white girl just fucking walking into someone's house, and they're way more mm-hmm. nice to her than she deserves. Um, and then she's eating apples. Yeah, she's eating their. She's eating everybody else's shit. She's a terrible fucking person. I don't know why. Anyway. Um, my number three is Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> this is, I don't uh, have that. This is that little goblin fucking dude who uh, shows up, and I'm pretty sure what he does is eats kids. I'm not, I'm not certain of that. Um, but he gives you an opportunity to, um, actually now I think that might be a different, he either has gold to give you or he won't eat your kid. And what you have to do is guess his name. And if you guess his name, he'll either, I don't remember if it's give your gold or not eat your kid. I didn't look it up, but, um, old rumpy here has a name that nobody is going to fucking guess. So he's just making out like a bandit on these deals. Um, I'm going to find out which it is cause it's going to change the story one way or the other. He's going to take the guy's daughter because she can spin yarn into gold. Yeah. And so he's going to steal her. Rumpy, Rumpy is going to steal her if uh, if she can't guess his name. So she's got to guess three times. And then she like tricks him into she tricks him into uh, into saying his name. And so he, he learns it and he, he bests her or she bests him. And so I don't know. I think Rumpy is dope. I think he's a scary fucking individual and he's got a baller plan. Like first have a name nobody's ever going to guess. It's not like his name is Randy. Like someone would eventually guess Randy. But uh, no one's going to come up with Rumpelstiltskin because that's not a goddamn word. So 
uh, if you're in the business of stealing kids, that's a pretty good way. Oh, I don't even want to finish that. Uh, do it. <laughs> if you're in the business of stealing kids, that's a pretty good way to do it. Um, so Rumpelstiltskin, he's a, a pretty badass psycho serial killer or kid eater, at least, uh, at number three. I'm pretty sure... I'm looking this up real quick. Either Rumpelstiltskin was a movie... Or they worked in Rumpelstiltskin into the Leprechaun movies, which I think is what I'm thinking of, is they worked in Rumpelstiltskin into the Leprechaun franchise, which is still one of my favorite franchises of all time, of course. Yeah. Um, so there is a there is a movie Rumpelstiltskin from 87, um, and another mm-hmm. one from 95, it looks like. And I think the 95 one steers into the horror. Yeah. Um, oh, also... I know it's a horror. This is news that I think we covered... A while back, um, there is a, I think as of 2018, there was a movie in the works with Peter Dinklage to star as Rumpelstiltskin. Ah, man, can't have a better Stiltskin than the Dink. No, no, you cannot. He'd be eating Mr. Rumpy. Dink has got himself a rump. (laughs) Um, So I'll move on to my three um, before you start talking about little kids again. Um, (laughs) My number three is aptly the three little pigs. Oh, 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 oh. That was good timing. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> awesome. But I do like the three uh, little pigs. Go on and talk about it. <laughs> I, I, mean, I don't know if I can now after that, my uh, nice little celebration there that you gave me. Um, but <laughs> but uh, three little pigs. Yeah, I mean, classic. It's a classic. Uh, you know, these, these fucking pigs are building building houses out of stuff. And uh, the, is the wolf that's trying to blow their house down. Yeah cocky ass wolf little little pig little pig let me in um i i do that actually when i uh go to the deli and i see some bacon and i go little pig little pig let me in and the person's like what the fuck you doing man Um, (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah it's just it's a it's a classic story it's a story of perseverance uh for this wolf he's the true hero in this actually um wasn't there like a, a a a story that they reversed like did the reverse of it where the wolf was was actually the kind of like the like yeah. the pigs were picking on the wolf yeah pigs were huge dickheads or, or is, to him or is, or is that red riding hood i can't remember i know I think, red I riding hood that, has done a, a few different iterations but yeah. I, I know there's one where they're they're the pigs are a dick to um to the <laughs> yeah wolf. i'm not sure why um but no yeah three little pigs classic story perseverance um some smarts with the pigs using their house. I, at least the the last one is... What's the problem with the bricks? I don't remember. Wasn't there a problem with the bricks or no? He just can't blow the bricks down. Okay, that's right. But he blows why, the why straw the other... and the sticks down. Yeah, but why? What those pigs are stupid. The the two, first two, using using straw and sticks, they really think that the wolf isn't going to be able to blow them down? God, those ones are dumb. <laughs> um, I'm going in the brick house. Um, brick house. So yeah, three little pigs. House. Um, okay, so I found out, I found what you were talking about. It is, um, the true story of the three little pigs. It's a children's book Mm -hmm. that came out in the late eighties. And, Mm -hmm. um, he is looking for sugar. He just keeps going to sugar and he keeps sneezing by accident and blowing the houses down. (laughs) (laughs) And he eventually, oh my God, he, he gets reported to the police and then he's sentenced to 10 millenniums in prison for the destruction of the houses. <laughs> oh man. Wow. That's a that's a sad ending to an otherwise really charming book. I remember that one. True story mm. of the three little pigs. 
Well. Okay, so I'm obviously having some problems with the soundboard today. <laughs> that was the perfect timing. That also just scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> that first guitar noise just comes blasting into my ears. I did that totally by... For, for listeners, I've been having problems with the soundboard lately, just kicking, <laughs> just doing sounds I didn't mean to do. And that was, that was uh, one of them, so... Holy cow. Rich. That was good. Wow, wow. That made me laugh really hard. That was funny. <laughs> that was perfect because you'd stop talking and then immediately, as soon as you quit talking, boom. Uh, Number two. You mentioned it just a second ago. I have over no, now. <laughs> uh, no, not that. I do have um, uh, Little Red Riding Hood at number two. Kick it. Oh, we're kicking it. Okay, good, good. Off to your number two then. My number two is Jack and the Beanstalk. Oh, Jack and the Beanstalk. I honorable mention for me. Didn't make my list. I like this one. Uh, I kind of, I just like the idea of <laughs> climbing up a beanstalk and there's some fucking. Isn't there a giant up there? Isn't that what yeah. it is? Yeah, the giant lives up there, and he. I don't know what he does. He tries to steal his bread or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, plant. It's just a. It's a. It's a. It's a mystical story. Just planting some beans and climbing up a stalk and finding a giant up in the sky. I just thought it was interesting. I don't know why. Like I have it at two. I I really don't. I put it. Up, I just it's one of the first things that came to mind. But I just remember being really intrigued as a as a youngling, uh, hearing the story about this guy fucking climbing some beanstalks. And I, I think this is another one that's kind of been done, uh, like kind of modernized in some ways and and kind of done differently and stuff like that too. But um, <clears throat> I don't know. I this kid just gets some beans, finds some beans, or I think doesn't he like trade for them or something. Um, I don't remember how he acquires the magic beans, but he does acquire uh, beans that he finds out are in fact magic. What What would have happened if he would have ate them? Do you think he would have just like all of a sudden he's just like oh, I don't feel so good, and then a giant beanstalk emerges from his mouth? Just uh, it would it would emerge out of his tush, and it would be like uh, <laughs> like Stan's dad at the end of that South Park episode where he poops out Bon Jovi. It'd be pretty much like that. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> Um, we had Jack and the Beanstalk. <laughs> I like Jack and the Beanstalk. I think he's done because he goes fee fa fo fum. That's the that's yeah. what he says. Which if I ever have an intruder in my home, that's when I'm, I'm just gonna start yelling fee fa fo fum. Then <laughs> <laughs> they'll leave because they'll be like, "What the fuck is this?" He, he's clearly crazy. Yeah, I'll be like, "Oh, it's a crackhead! Get out of the house!" <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're on one. Yep. One or do you have a two? Uh, you just kept two is a little bit running. Yep. yep. Okay. Number one. Number one for me, the three Billy Goats Gruff. Oh man! Wow. This is a no. I don't know if I even me. know this one. Okay, so I will. I will quickly tell you this. Um, this is the one that has it's three three Billy Goats, and they're walking across this bridge because they want to go over to this pasture and eat a bunch of grass. And um, when they get to the bridge, and they're they're walking one at a time. Uh, when each of them gets to the bridge, the fucking troll jumps out and he's like, yo, you can't go over this bridge unless you do my riddle. Right. And so, um, no, maybe it's not a riddle. It's not a riddle actually. That's a different one. Uh, but this troll jumps out and he's like, yo, I'm going to eat you. Uh, you know, get ready to be eaten goat. Cause it's going down. 
And then, so the first goat, who is the smallest of the three, goes, hey, man, uh, I don't know why you're going to waste your time on me because I'm really skinny. And so my fat-ass brother is coming down the block behind me. So why don't you just let me go and you can just eat him. And also, I'm going to go, you know, eat a bunch of grass and get fat so you can just eat me later, right? And so uh, he lets him go. He's like, all right, I'll wait for your brother. And then the brother comes down and he's, you know, fatter. And, uh, and he's like, oh, I'm going to eat you. You know, you're over. And he does the same thing. He's like, oh, you know, I got another fatter one coming behind me if you just want to eat him instead. And he lets him go. So he goes over and eats the grass. And then the third billy goat shows up and he's like the buffest motherfucker alive. He's like a big ass goat. And, uh, the, the troll like goes to eat him and he fucking rams his head into him and kills him. And, uh, so the third guy kills the goat or the, the troll. And then all the goats go over and eat some grass. So they outsmart him and then they beat him to death with the big friend. Wow. Yeah, that's it. It's it's a story that's about a, it's a story about having your homies back, Seth. And uh the big guy at the end had had his homies backs and he took care of business. I mean, it's loyalty. It's I'm pretty sure the the uh three the Billy Groats grew up was the inspiration for uh the Fast and the Furious franchise cuz it's all about family. <laughs> Don't walk away from your family. Is that all you got to say about the Billy Goats? Yeah, man. Story speaks for itself, dog. That's just, that's a classic. Well, I don't know if it does speak for itself because you just explained it. Well, uh, yeah, but I don't need to elaborate on it. Now that you've heard the story, you know it's dope. And that's why it's number one. Well, I'm happy for you. <laughs> um, my number one is is pretty clearly uh, Little, Ed, Little Red Riding Hood. Yes. And um, for one, again, Wolf is the the protagonist here, uh, not not the girl. Um, he should be eating, should be eating that girl, uh, <laughs> killer, get her. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I like the, the, the deception by the wolf, of course. Um, I, I, I like, I like these, these, uh, dis, this, uh, the, the, the mischievous, uh, I guess antagonist, if you want to call it. But I, I was like looking on the bad side of things with, with these. I always, I always preferred the, the bad characters, uh, with, with these, with these, uh, fairy tales. So. Um, I'm going to be completely honest, though. I don't remember a lot of these fairy tales. I just kind of went the first thing that came to my mind. But I did remember uh, the, the... I do remember this one for sure having, like, a, a story that was, like, the opposite, where the, the wolf was the the uh, the actual, like, the misunderstood one. Yeah. And all that stuff. So uh, I remember that for sure. Um, I remember... I actually can kind of picture the illustration in the book. It was, like, a little bit bigger of a book, and I remember seeing that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, these are all things that i remember when i was a fucking kid and stuff so hansel and gretel is probably the one that's been done the most um in movies and stuff um i remember there was a i think it was like a episode of some tv show growing up that they did like this uh, hansel and gretel like kind of reimagined and stuff but i don't know little red riding hood the wolf is the hero i dig it dude um he is definitely one of the baddest motherfuckers. Like, as far as villains go, I put him, like, right up there next to the Joker, probably, um, as one of the best villains ever. Because this dude is cold. Like, not only does he eat this this old that's lady. Cold. That's cold. He eats this old lady, and then he puts her clothes on and waits for her granddaughter to show up. And then he eats that little bitch and eats her cookies, too. Or right, that's his plan, right? And then he, I think he gets shot by the cops. Um, when he was unarmed, by the way. Um, but anyway... That is besides the point. But yeah, just, just to have the nuts to go in, eat an old lady, and then put her clothes on. <laughs> That's pretty fucking nuts. baller, man. 
That's all right, so those are those are our top five favorite fairy tales. I think all of these could use gritty reboots. I think uh, we're getting Gretel and Hansel, as you mentioned before. Um, but uh, I want gritty reboots ASAP Rocky for all of these uh, fairy tales. Let us know what ones we missed out on, what we should have reordered um, in the Twitter and Facebook mediums. Uh, you can hit us up at Soko Show Pod. Let us know what you think of this week's Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. We roll on, and we're going to get into one of the new segments that is sweeping the nation. Here come our first impressions. That don't impress me much. We have to do this segment every week just so that we can hear that funky-ass Shania Twain beat, man. Um, I hope I never have a, a, an, a wrist injury, because I'm not going to be able to fit, uh, pump my fist if... if uh, <laughs> If I have one of those. I love it. I love it. I was doing a little shimmy myself on this end, which was really rewarding. Mm. Uh, Let's get into it here. First Impressions is the segment where Seth has chosen uh, a few Hollywood actors. And uh, I will need to choose one of the actors and then choose what was their first major appearance in either TV or film. Who are my options this week? Uh, Again, we talked about the rhythm section coming out this week. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be good or not. I think the trailer looks like butt, but I don't know. Um, the actors in this movie are, we've mentioned Blake Lively, so that'll be one option. Jude Law, uh, is another option. And Sterling K. Brown is your final option. Which actor would you like to choose? Oh, these are all going to be really tough. Okay. I think I have a good shot at, at only one of these. So I'm going to say that I want to go with Blake Lively. Blake Lively. And this is per IMDb. Her first major appearance. Some clues. I'm vamping while I pull this up. Um, I'm not going to do this one because I think it was like a short movie. So, I will say, this movie, it's a movie that she came, that she her first uh, major appearance was in 2005. Uh, it also stars Amber Tamblyn and Alexis Bledel and America Ferreira and Ooh, I think Bradley Wood. Bradley, Bradley Whitford was also in it. Um, it was directed by Ken Quapis, who was uh, who directed a bunch of episodes of The Office. Nice. Um, also, a great name, Quapis. Quapis. Um, I think that's all I'm going to give you. Yeah. What I, do you got? What's your guess? I think I know this. So I, I thought I knew a few different times while you were listing the cast, and then you hit America Ferrera. And I'm pretty sure that gave me the clue that I needed. I'm surprised. Uh, I didn't realize that this was so early in her career. Is this the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants? It sure is. Ah, fuck yeah. That was a good one. For three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! So I was thinking that uh, Gossip Girl was first. I, I didn't realize that the pants was before Gossip Girl. <laughs> and so I was a little bit surprised. And then I thought, is... Um, is Van Wilder that old, right? And so those were the couple that I would have thought of, and I I wasn't even sure I remembered that she was in The Traveling Pants until I heard America Ferrera, and that was, I remember that being a stacked girl cast at the time, and uh, I don't remember having seen this movie, but I love the idea that pants can transform their sizes. I think that would revolutionize the pants industry <laughs> if that were the case. Yeah, Gossip Girl was 07, and this was 05. Mm. Her, her first thing listed was in 98, but... It, it was like 98 and then 05, so she had a long break. And it was a movie directed by her dad. Uh, it looked like it was a short or something. So 
gross. I didn't really want to include that, so. Yeah. I, I it's called Sandman. Ooh. And a Sandman. Bring me a dream. Doom, 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 doom. That's a great fucking song. That's a great song to make creepy for the sake of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> oh, it's like a foreign restaurant owner. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was at all. I apologize, America. Uh, let's move forward after Ferreira. a successful edition. There you go, America Ferrera. Part of this week's first impressions. That don't impress me much. Oh yeah, Oof. that was a. Fu- I might need to make that one longer so that I can enjoy it more. Uh, <laughs> we continue here. We're getting near the end of the show. We got a couple more segments here. Let's jump into this week's. We missed the boat. Oh, I'm on a boat, and. You're going to need a bigger boat. All righty. We Missed the Boat is where Seth and I have assigned each other movie homework. And every other week, one of us chooses a film from our running list of five to watch and review at the behest of the other guy. So, Seth, what did you uh, what did you check out this week? Uh, funny you should say that because uh, you mentioned it earlier, actually. Uh, Burn After Reading yeah. <laughs> uh, is, is, is what I watched. Um so yeah, you mentioned George, George Clooney, uh, Brad Pitt's in this one, uh, Coen Brothers movie. Uh, it definitely has that Coen Brothers style. I've only f- seen a few things of theirs, uh, or at least maybe even bits and pieces of, of some other things. But um, God, it has definitely a, a weird kind of quirky, strange style to it. Uh, the cast is pretty crazy in this one. Uh, I already mentioned those two, Francis McDormand, J.K. Simmons, um, uh, Richard... Uh, Jenkins? Jenkins. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Um, really interesting cast, though. It's kind of, I mean, um, uh, oh, God. Um, oh, what's his name? John Malkovich is in this yeah, one as yeah. well. And so Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Uh, it, it's really crazy cast, but um, I would say the the majority of this movie revolves around Francis McDormand and and, and Brad Pitt, kind of the, the central part of it, where basically they're, uh, uh, John Malkovich is is a I guess now former uh, CIA agent, and some of his info gets leaked out. It's found by Brad Pitt and Francis McDormand, and they're they're trying to run a. What's that? I didn't say anything. You oh okay maybe it's an echo, but they're they're trying to get, um, basically trying to blackmail. Um, uh, John Malkovich uh, into giving him some money because Francis McDormand wants some plastic surgery. And it goes some really strange, <laughs> weird places uh, throughout this movie based off of that whole premise. Um, some definitely crazy moments that you don't see coming. George Clooney's character is, is very wild. He's a, um, you find out very early on, he's a, uh, you know, he cheats on his wife constantly and, and, um, very much like a, it seems like they have him like being addicted to sex and and things like that. Uh, he makes a very interesting machine in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's very strange. It's 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 got some fun like twists and turns throughout it. Um, it just the way they open and close it, kind of like with the the zoom out, zoom in type thing. Just make it. It, it just it's, it's like a one. It's it almost feels like they just like. The way they do it, they zoom in on like this one story, and they're like, "All right, that's done." It's just like there's really not a uh, like an overall 
it just seems like uh, here's a slice of life weird story. Like it just it, it didn't really seem like it had a point to it. Yeah, but it did. <laughs> it, it's weird. It's very strange. But I did enjoy it. I thought it was fun. Brad Pitt is great, man. Dude. He, he is he he is so funny and weird in this movie. But um, you know, it, it's definitely like a you know you see like this role versus his role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's it's it, it just shows like he's got some weird range to him. Um, and he's funny. Like he, he can be really funny. He can be really serious. So, um, I definitely one of my, one of my favorite Brad Pitt roles for sure though. Um, but I liked it. I like, I did like it a lot. Uh, Francis McDormand from someone who was, I first really was introduced. I, at least in, from what I remember in three billboards to seeing her role in this very, very different as well. Um, interesting. I, 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 it, it, I don't think it's a movie for everyone, but I, I enjoyed it. I like the, the quirky weird nature to it. So I thought it was fun. Yeah, this is like what, what's funny about this movie, and uh, you're right; it doesn't seem to really have a point, but it, it it just gets you to like several funny little situations at a time, right? Like the the scene, Brad Pitt's two scenes in that, the one where he's on the phone, like trying to be threatening, uh, <laughs> and he asks if he's concerned about the security of his shit. <laughs> That's always made me <laughs> laugh so hard, and then the dance that he does is like one of my <laughs> it's one of my favorite memes to do and it's also what I do when uh when I listen to this that don't impress me much. so which is funny because she says in that song if you're Brad Pitt that don't impress me much so fun mm-hmm. little connection there this one is uh yeah the Coen brothers it's a weird brand of comedy man it really is um but uh, but they know their stuff and yeah this is just a it's one of those weird it's very weird certainly so for folks mm-hmm. out there who might be also wanting to catch up with this one just know it's it's a strange movie it's not like really anything else you've ever seen um, but it's got some some great moments in it there's some some very big surprises uh, and I, I think you'll know Seth what I'm alluding to there <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that movie it's just a blast so burn after reading high recommendations um for we missed the boat here and i'm gonna make the you made this very easy seth um by saying francis mcdormand i'm gonna kick you back further into the coen brothers library and give you fargo which also stars francis mcdormand a very popular comedy i'm sure it's one you get a lot like i haven't seen fargo but um (laughs) i think i think you will enjoy it's a it's more straightforward it's got more of a narrative than burn after reading does Uh, certainly a lot of that wacky comedy and i might because I'm putting this on your list, I may rewatch this. It's been a very long time, actually, since I've seen it. But uh, but it's got it's another great Coen Brothers movie, um, and some some say they're best. So uh, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts. There you go. So Fargo. You just made the list. All righty. So Seth will choose between Fargo and four other films for next week, or sorry, for two weeks from now. And for next week, I will be watching a film from the following list of five. Toy Story 3, Fighting With My Family, Young Adult, Loose, and Mallrats. So uh, I've got a great lineup here and uh, really excited to to watch one of those this weekend. Uh, So more for that next week in We Miss the Boat. Oh! I'm on a boat, and... You're going to need a bigger boat. Alrighty, we are nearing the end of our show, uh, and from this past week, we have to get into a couple of reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it! I hated it! Alright, we continue in uh, what has been a, a, you know, as we discussed last week, a a generally poor January, Um, but I I, I think I, 
I, I would venture to say maybe some bright spots this past weekend. We have two reviews to get into, and uh, I'll, I'll jump us into the first. Uh, you and I both, Seth, went and saw The Gentleman, which is the new Guy Ritchie film starring Matthew McConaughey and a whole bunch of other guys. Henry Golding uh, is in this. Uh, Charlie Hunnam. Um, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Hugh Grant and a whole bunch of guys. Uh, this this was a... This was a I did not know what this movie was going to be. I had no idea. Like, <laughs> I knew it was going to be uh, Matthew McConaughey and and a Guy Ritchie movie. That's honestly all I knew about this movie. I didn't really watch the trailers. So <clears throat> I went into this, and what a pleasant surprise. Um, <laughs> this movie is it's very much a Guy Ritchie movie. If you've seen his other movies, it's fast-talking, lilting dialogue, a lot of cuss words, a lot of heavy British Blue accents. Blue Genie. Blue Genie, um, the, <laughs> the, uh, it's a lot of like mobby kind of twist and turny backstabby type stuff. But what Richie does here is he plays with the format of mm-hmm. this movie in so many crazy ways. And I think it really elevated this from what would otherwise be a very typical guy, Richie movie into something entirely unique. Uh, you know, it felt it was a different experience than watching almost any other movie because of what they were doing. Uh, with the medium across time, uh, you know what I'm talking about with the the way they tell the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, no, def- definitely, it, it was an interesting movie to kind of follow along with as you're trying to kind of put some pieces together. Yeah. So we have, uh, I think, g- good performances all around. You know, the the story revolves around Matthew McConaughey's character, um, and and also kind of Charlie Hunnam's character who are involved mm-hmm. in a huge, huge, like astronomically huge marijuana growing and dealing operation in the UK. And, uh, what isn't it like, it's a, the, the name of the, the strain that he has, it's like something, something super cheese or something like, I don't remember what it's like. Yeah. It's a really strange name, they call but it's it, like super cheese. Yeah. They call it a handful of like really silly sounding pot names. Um, yeah. But uh, so he's got the good stuff and the most of it and the best way of distributing. So he wants to sell his operation to a rival and retire. So he wants to just relax with his family. And a lot of shit happens afterwards. That's the setup of the movie. There's a lot of different uh, shitty dealings and backstabbings and murders. And and like I said, that fast talking dialogue is there in droves. Um, I liked McConaughey as the lead in this. This seemed like he was steering hard into Lincoln commercial McConaughey <laughs> at different <laughs> parts with some of his some of his monologuing and just his general vibe. Um, Charlie Hunnam was interesting in this. I didn't watch Sons of Anarchy, so this was kind of the most I've seen of him, really. Uh, Hugh Grant mm-hmm. in a very welcome return. I haven't seen Hugh Grant in anything in a long time, and he was delightful in this kind of plays mm-hmm. the character who's the narrator and that that gets at what we're talking about with the the format of this movie because uh basically this entire movie happens as Hugh Grant is pitching a film to someone so as he's discussing mm-hmm. what happens in the film the film plays out in front of you and then also weaves into real life it's an super like I, I don't know. That was the highlight for me in what, again, was otherwise a, a run-of-the-mill, I think, Guy Ritchie movie. Um, but I, do, I will say I do like Guy Ritchie movies. And so this hit a lot of spots for me. I had It was a very pleasant surprise. I had a blast at this. Yeah, it, it was a fun movie. I, I would say I think it is, if you're not paying, uh, you know, if, if you're not paying 
complete attention, I think it is easy to kind of get lost in at times. I mean, by the end, they bring you back to it and, and all that. But if you're not paying entire, entirely enough attention, sometimes you can get a little lost. But it, it is, uh, like you said, it's it's uh, it's fun. Uh, I, I, I also liked the, the movie aspect of it. The, the kind of they show this, the script throughout it several times, which is kind of fun. Uh, and I thought the characters all were really like fleshed out and, and unique and, and had kind of their own, um, I guess their own energy in a way to them. Like, uh, the McConaughey is very, like you said, the Lincoln car, car commercial, kind of like suave type dude. Um, always had like the upper hand on people. Charlie Hunnam was, was like the body typical type bodyguard. Um, I did like his character though. He had, he had his own personality, but you know, he's kind of like that, the calm presence, um, and then I, I loved Colin Farrell's character. Oh my god! <laughs> um, just like he, very like he funny like kind of kind of witty but uh, confident type character. Um, he, he's he's fantastic, and he kind of he he does lead a like a, a, a almost like a dojo type thing. He, you know he he gets people in and and like these young kids in and kind of uh, they do his work for him, but he's also you know teaching them things and and. And, and that type of thing too. So it's uh, I, I really liked his character uh, a lot. Uh, and then Hugh Grant, you know, a very uh, strange, kind of strange. Uh, got he has like a um, just a, just like a weird. I don't know. Like he he's he's kind of the most unique character I think in it. Where he's just very like he's like he's like the puppet master, the mastermind, but he's also kind of got like a quirkiness to him as well. Um, I, I, that's the thing I, th- I think I liked the most was the characters in this movie, mm-hmm. um, all very different and fun, um, but had their own impact on the story. It, it, it's, I think it's a really, really nice ensemble type of movie in a way. Um, while McConaughey leads it, there's each character kind of has their own moment to shine in it, which is cool. So, uh, really, really interesting aesthetic and, uh, all that. So great. I, I, I did really enjoy it as well. I thought it was a fun movie. Yeah. Absolutely. This was a blast. I would, I would agree with the point you made too, that it it can be a little tough to follow, right? You have to, Mm -hmm. because at times it's tough to understand them. And because there's so many named characters, uh, it, it, you gotta be paying attention. So that that would be one thing, but I will say I got completely lost a couple of times and still was having fun. And so it's not, it's not like you need to follow everything uh, so closely, but it's just, uh, it, it reminded me a little bit of knives out. I, I I was like kinda the 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 dialogue and the way it was shot and the way people had unique ways of speaking to one another and the twists and turns of the plot. Um I, I think Knives Out was done a little more prestige than this. Th- yeah. This seems to steer more into comedy and more into vulgarity. There's a lot of C words used because these are vulgar mm-hmm. Brits. Um and so you know it, it, it reminded me a lot of that kind of in that style and it's kind of a movie out of time too because there's it, it looks like it's set in one time and then there's aspects of it that are set in in different times and it's just a funny way that it all comes together it, it's not presented as you watching events play out it's it's you listening to a guy talk about events that played out and so parts of it are like dramatized maybe more or you know, unreliably, you know, relayed to us. And it, it creates this whole vibe that is so interesting and fun. And that was, I had, a, it was, I did not expect this at all going in. I, I didn't know whether or not I was going to mm-hmm. like it, but I didn't expect anything like what I got. Yeah. I think it's kind of go back to 
um, the the parts being lost. I think that is is kind of bundled with uh, somewhat like the times where you're kind of lost in it is when it's very dialogue heavy. Mm. Like it's a lot of exposition going on and it it ends up playing itself out where it makes more sense later on and and you're not lost by the end, I don't think. But those moments where it's very dialogue heavy and exposition heavy is it kind of slows the pacing down of the movie Um, because there's parts where it's like really kind of, kind of fast and energetic. And that's where you see some of those characters like, like Colin Farrell's character and, and, um, I guess Henry Golding's character. I liked his character too, but some some of his stuff is a little more fast paced and and all that. When they're when they're unfolding a lot of the story, uh, in terms of like like you're the revealing things, um, that's when the movie is really that it moves well and is is more of a fun ride. The the parts parts where they're just kind of setting up stuff with the exposition and also uh, it's having a ton of dialogue with like Hugh Grant and Charlie Hunnam. Those moments, I think, that's where I was kind of getting lost because they're throwing a lot at once. And then it's also, it just kind of, it was thrown in at weird times in the movie, I thought. And so it just, it, it felt a little bit choppy in terms of the, the pacing they were going with. But again, not by, by the end of it, and, and, and it, it's not too long where it's like, it gets bogged down. I think it's just a couple moments where they might, might, might have went on a little bit too long. But overall, I thought um, they did a good job of explaining it by the end, and I thought, it, it was fun. Overall, it was a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Totally. And the, the biggest bummer I had in this is there was a time <clears throat> kind of during the third act where my the projector shut off. And so the sound oh, the sound continued, but we were watching a black screen for like maybe two and a half minutes. And they were dumping exposition that you had to listen to but couldn't see. And it was real. That's they lost me entirely for that. Um, and so, but that, that's not the movie's fault. That's the theaters. But like, um, that was a little bit of a bummer for me, but otherwise a very enjoyable time at the movies and in an otherwise dour January, uh, I think both of us would recommend this to folks. Get out and see this. If you're looking for something to watch, the gentleman gets a thumbs up from both Seth and I, and Seth, you, you saw a second movie as well. And this is one that has seemed interesting to me. So I'm excited to hear what you thought. See if I need to get out to see this one. Yeah, this one's technically a 2019 movie. Um, I think it was a limited release in 2019, um, and I think it was trying to get for Oscar stuff, but I don't, I don't think it got nominated for anything. Um, not, not to, not to uh, say that it couldn't. You know, it definitely would be worthy of some things. I think, but uh, it's Clemency uh, is the the name of the movie. Um, it stars Alfred Woodard. Um, she was, she's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, you know, you, you've seen her in things. Um, but she was in most, I think most notably recently, like Luke Cage, uh, she was a big part of. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, um, Sarabi in The Lion King. Yeah, there you go. Uh, also stars, uh, there's not a lot of people rec- like recognizable um, people. I guess the, the two other main ones would be Richard Schiff, who was in Ballers. Um, I think he played Lou. Uh, he's been in a ton of stuff, but um, Lou Anderson. Um, and then uh, Danielle Brooks, who was tasty in Orange is the New Black. She kind of has a smaller role in this. So those are really the main stars you'll recognize. But the story does revolve entirely around Al- Alfred Woodard, who plays the warden of uh, the, the jail that this is based around. Warden Bernadine uh, is her name. And this really, this is a kind of an exploration, like a psychological look at kind of her job of executing people like this is a prison that executes a lot of people 
And this is really a... And it's weird because not too long ago, Just Mercy came out, which dealt with Death Row and, and Execution. Both the, both of those movies, I don't want to say did a, a good job but because it's not good like to watch. <laughs> um, but it, they, they definitely captured like the the um the the distress it, the of the of the executions and this one cuz in like just mercy it was electrical this one is more modern with like the the um using like chemicals and and things like that to to uh execute people and it 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 is tough to watch these things like Having seen these so close back to back, like this one especially, I don't know how how it would have been different. Like if I didn't see, like if Just Mercy hadn't come out, I seen this. Like obviously it would still like be tough to watch, but I don't know. Like after already having seen this not too long ago, having to see more executions on screen is like it was like really. And, and they start the movie with one. They start the movie immediately with an execution, and. It, it it is really tough, and especially the the first one, the the immediate one is it's like a botched one a little bit, and so I mean they just put you right in it. I this is a movie I haven't felt like so like claustrophobic. I think is kind of a a, a word for it. Just very tense, like very just because. The way again exploring how the psychological impacts of of her job of having to do this because the warden has to be there for it like every one of them she has to make sure they all go off correctly she has to to talk with the families and talk with the people who are there to witness it and then also talk with the 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 inmates people on death row and like get their last wishes and all that stuff and like get to know these people and then there's also an aspect of this just like in Just Mercy of like is this person innocent or not. Are they going to get chance? Because clemency, basically the title, it's something that the state can grant, um, even took the last like second before someone's executed of like to, to stop it essentially. And so the the main case in this one is is someone who appears to be innocent, and they're trying to fight for uh, clemency. Uh, and the the lawyer is actually the guy um, from Ballers I mentioned, uh, and, and so they're like there there's you see the the inmate going through in in and out of hope through clemency and also certain parts of his case and then how that impacts Alfred Woodard and her job because she she technically doesn't have anything to do with clemency or the case or anything she's just doing her job and you start to see her struggle with like the the morality of death row and um, the, the morality of what she's doing and I think that's the biggest thing for me I mean, the movie itself is, I mean, it's not a fun movie at all. Like, I, I haven't felt so, like, just gut-punched, I guess, in, in a way. Just, like, that, that entire feeling of, like, you're you're almost breathless, <laughs> in a way, watching this. Because it's just so tough. This is one of the more tough movies I've watched in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is is was compounded with that I've seen Just Mercy recently. And have having already gone through two and a half hours of that movie with Death Row and Inmates and then adding this on another two hours on top of it, it's like a really tough thing to to, to watch both these movies. And I think this one is done, Clemency is done with more, there's like no hope. There's zero hope in this. Like I mean, I guess in a way of like the, 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 the hope of like this guy could potentially get, get off, but like there's no like good, like Just Mercy has the warm 
the warmness to it, like at time, like with that relationship between him and Michael B and, 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 or Jamie Foxx and Michael B and all that stuff. Like there, there's warm stuff and that happens in that movie. Clemency, like they never try and lead you. Like there's warm things coming the whole time. It's just very, like, it's very tough. Like it's all very tough to watch because there's also an aspect too of, of Alfred Woodard's character uh, and like her husband and they're going through problems in their marriage and stuff. And so there's a few like cute moments with, with them, but like overall, again, even that there's like a lot of tough stuff. And so, and, and, and because he's trying to get her out of her husband's trying to get her out of the job because he sees the impact that's taking on her. And so like, there's that going on and it's a really, really tough movie to watch. Like this is one where I generally, you know, the movies that I have higher up in my list are some of you know tougher subjects and and things that are explored deeply and all that. This does all of that, but I couldn't put it up high in my like 2019 list because it's it it is very tough to watch. And I and it, again, it might just because be because it's compounded with with just mercy and having just seen that. But I I don't know. Like I don't know if I would have had more time between these. I just can't watch another death. Like the watching these movies has entirely changed my my thoughts on death row. Like 100. percent the way the way that they and and like executions and stuff because the way that they portray all this stuff like it's it just it's to me it just just it, the way they do this all it just does not seem right at all because it, it, whether you know even if someone did some terrible shit the impact it it does it it has on and i guess there's maybe certain people who can do that you know like maybe separate all that and just you know make see it as a job but i just don't see how you know, it, it, even if like just the person who's doing this stuff, like the the officers and the wardens and and the lawyers, like because that's another aspect they have in here with with the the lawyer, like he's struggling, he's not winning these cases, and he's struggling because he's seeing all these people um, be put to death, some innocent, some you know rightfully. Like see, these movies, like I was just sitting there and like I wanted to leave because it was so tough <laughs> to watch it and. Again, it has changed a lot of my views on on executions and death rows, death row stuff because of what they do in these movies. It it's tough. So I can't. I mean, I would say it's something to 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 see because you know, especially if if maybe you're on the fence about death row or if you um if you I don't know like it's it's a very real movie the way they do all this stuff and then it's the acting is great, the directing is great, all that stuff, but. Again, it's super tough to watch. So even for someone like me who's seen a lot of like fucked up movies and stuff, this is really hard to watch for me. And again, my, again, might have just been because of Just Mercy. So who knows? But I would say, I mean, if if you can stomach it, definitely watch it because it's done really well on all of the levels that you'd want it to be done on. But you know, if this if that's especially something you can't handle, even if you don't like needles and stuff, like they show all that, it's gross. Uh, it, it, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a tough movie. So done very well, but I it's one that I probably will never go back to because it's it's just real tough. Yikes! Yeah, that's that. To hear you say that is is a surprise and meaning. So like, take that <laughs> shit seriously because you guys know how depressing the shit that Seth was watched is. But I think it's interesting. You talk about it. It potentially has changed your your some of your thoughts on on capital punishment, and I think that's really interesting because a lot of times. Um, you know, movies set out to do that, right? They want to show us something mm-hmm. up close so that they can potentially change our opinion on it. We talked about that with the Kevin Hart documentary earlier. And, and yeah, it's one of those uncomfortable things that I think, and I agree with you, I, I'm, I'm 
honestly not for it myself, but, um, and that was hammered home for sure in watching these movies. I, you know, to see those things think, up close, it's hard not to have more empathy than you previously did. Because I had the thought while I was sitting, because I, and I didn't even come to the realization, like watching Just Mercy, I had some of those thoughts, and, and I really like that. That's a movie I probably would watch again, because there are happy moments in it. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, that movie's not entirely, like, there's some tough stuff to watch, especially the execution stuff with, like, the, because the, the way they do it with the, electricity and all that like there's a scene in that especially that like who that's tough this one has a couple scenes where they show that stuff and it's but they don't do the execution they do it with with the the like i said the injections and all that but again going back to my point like i think when i was sitting there watching it i'm like i think my views have changed after watching these two movies like i'm i basically watched five hours or four four and a half hours of execution movies now it, within a month span, and prior to this, I've always thought like, you know, you know, if, with an execution, it's like they did something terrible, put them to death, you know, put them because you don't see it like once someone's on death row and once someone's been, you know, okay, here's your execution's coming. Like for us, it's like we don't see this stuff like. You know, some families get to see it or, you know, all that stuff, but it's just kind of out of our mind, out of our sight, out of sight, out of mind, you know, mm-hmm. and this like seeing what actually goes into it and what you don't realize the impact of and especially with this movie, you don't realize the impact that has not just on, you know, so, sure, some family, you know, and, and my t- my tune might change if it were, you know, if someone close to me were murdered, I'm, I might say put him to death. I don't know, but. The way the way I, I've been kind of thinking about it now is like it's not just the you know putting that person to death is not just retribution for the family, but it also it impacts everyone around it. Like I said, it impacts all the workers, it impacts the lawyers, it impacts other prisoners, it impact like it impacts just so many people. Not not just you know not just that one person or that one family. I don't know. It, again, I could complete could think completely differently if, if it were to happen to me. But um, for me, just the way they're doing this, the way they're showing this, like, I don't know. Like, it, it's it's if it were happened to real life, I'd, I wouldn't be able to stomach it like that. It's all so tough. It's it's crazy. It's weird. This is the first time I can remember, in, like, with a movie in a long time that I've been actually like my thoughts have changed mm-hmm. from it. Because mm-hmm. normally I can separate that stuff. But like, I guess movies, if I combine them. Like that, my my so quickly at least my thoughts have been changed about some something or at least altered in a way or makes me think deeper about it even while I'm in the theater. It, it's a it was a weird experience kind of seeing this movie. It's a beautiful thing, man, because I'm sure they set out. You know, I'm sure that was part of their intent for making it. And it's like anything, you know. Um, I'm thinking recently about the the kids down at the border, and you said out of sight, out of mind, and that's totally I think why. I think if everybody watched one of these. Uh, you know, if it was whether it, you know, reenacted in the movie or watched a real one, I, I think far less people would be OK with it. And uh, and this is what that movie sets out to do. And I can speak just on behalf of Just Mercy, but does a very effective job. Um, and so for clemency, uh, you know, it sounds like well made. Uh, it, it does everything it delivers on, but a, a tough, tough watch. So understand what you're getting into. Uh, when you want to go see Clemency, but uh, certainly if you're if you're on the fence, if you're not sure how you think about Death Row, uh, sounds like there's a couple movies for your list to watch and and give it some more some more deep thought. 
Yeah, I would say if you've seen Just Mercy, give it some time <laughs> before you, you watch Clemency. <laughs> I, I I think it's going to be tough to find. It's it was a real small release. It only had a few show times around at our at my uh, art house theater anyway. But um, I'm sure it'll be on VOD uh, soon, so it'll be available available for people to watch. And maybe it'll be easier to watch at home because you're not you know you could pause it or you're not feeling confined <laughs> you know in in a theater or whatever. So. Um, but yeah, it's it, it definitely give it some time if you've seen Just Mercy just to kind of distance yourself or maybe watch something happy before you watch it. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Good advice from Seth. Clemency and The Gentleman, both in theaters now. Clemency to a lesser extent, but uh, both getting recommendations uh, with some asterisks, of course, from Seth and I. And that's it for this week's reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it. <laughs> I hated it. All right, folks, we are just about done with this week's episode. But before we go, we got to leave you with one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. I want to give a shout out to a show that I know gets a lot of love. And I want to make sure that folks out there uh, are enjoying it as well. Shit's Creek on, on uh, Pop TV, which is now airing its sixth and final season. Uh, maybe six seasons in a movie. Who knows? Um but uh, mm-hmm. this is Eugene Levy alongside his son, Dan Levy, and um, Catherine O'Hara is also in this. It's, a, it's essentially a reverse Beverly Hillbillies. So a rich family becomes poor and has to move to a uh, crappy little town called Schitt's Creek, which is funny. Uh, hilarious, hilarious sitcom. Great ensemble cast. Plenty of heart. Plenty of comedy. Uh, it's just a very warm and comfortable sitcom. So if you're looking for one of those, I know a lot of folks are bummed out about no friends on Netflix. Oh my God, no. Uh, watch Shit's Creek. It's a great substitute for something like that. Uh, so high recommendation. And if you're keeping up with the the final season, which is underway now, uh, I myself am. It's one of the few shows that I watch as it, as it comes out. So um, very excited to see that show go to finale. I've really enjoyed that one over the last few years. Look at you watching TV on. Oh, that's actually on it's, right now. It's the plane rides that, that really make it happen. <laughs> I, I burned through <laughs> a lot of it uh, this uh, this last weekend. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about some some uh, happy things to counteract uh, the 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 clemency. Uh, not really. I'm gonna talk about people with anxiety. Um, <laughs> so uh, there there are some posts on Twitter and articles, things like that. I, I may have seen, but. Uh, I talked about uh, Arrow's ending soon. Uh, I think actually this week is the final episode. Um, f- during the the crisis uh, crossover stuff, spoilers: Oliver dies in it and kind of comes back and certain things. But essentially, he's he's gone from the the Arrowverse uh, after at the end of the crisis stuff. And so he talked about he went into a podcast. Uh, Inside of You is the name of the podcast. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum's the host. He Michael Rosenbaum was. Uh, uh, Lex Luthor in Smallville, but he's been doing a, a podcast uh, for a while now, uh, I think over a year, and he's had Stephen Amell on, and it's like the only podcast that Stephen Amell does um, that's not just like for promotion and stuff. He's actually on to talk about it, and they talk about a lot of personal stuff on that show, um, like insecurities and anxiety and, and stuff like that, and so he he had come on to the show, um, the podcast, like I think a few weeks after he'd wrapped his final stuff in Arrow, and so he he was still kind of like almost grieving in a way and like in the middle of this podcast he has a full-on panic attack just and you can hear it like you can hear him start to have a panic attack in this and like um he it's really weird but he you know just kind of starts talking like am i hot 
you know, is it hot in here? Like blah, blah, blah. And just has to stop recording and walk away. And then he comes back like a few months later, I think he just a few weeks in like maybe a week into January. So the first, the first recording was like in late November, early December. And then again, he comes back like a month or two later uh, in January. So, um, and, and, like he's listened to the audio of it all and kind of talks through it and like how, how different his, how he's looking at life differently. And like he's, he had been talking prior to this that he was like, he couldn't, he couldn't move it. Like he had felt, he'd felt like he'd lost someone. It was really weird, but he felt like he'd uh, lost someone. He couldn't like move. He'd be on the ground and just like, couldn't get up because he had, he had, there'd been so much anxiety and pressure on him. He had like worked at, done that job for eight years and like people become his family and like it was just over all of a sudden and and you know he said he'd over that eight years he'd estimated he'd lost like a year of sleep essentially because he had all of his hours and and all that stuff and he'd been the breaks that they're supposed to get he'd been doing movies and all kinds of other stuff and his schedule is nuts so really interesting listen i think like if you, if you ever want to hear a panic attack on recording, <laughs> there you go. But it's a really, really interesting listen for someone who, you know, people talk about like actors not, you know, it, it's a it's a fun thing, you know, it, you know, it, it's it's not really a job, blah blah blah. Like it 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 is like it, the the what they actually have to do <laughs> in that job, like in that job, it is a job. Like what they actually have to do and sacrifice and uh, the hours they put in is pretty crazy if you want to be successful at it. So. Um, and for him being the head of a show and the pressure he had at all those years and everything, it just finally caught up with him. So, um, respect to him and, and all he put into that and, and for like actually coming back to do the podcast after having a panic attack, some, like a lot of celebrities would just be like, don't put it out, you mm-hmm. know? And he was like, no, put this out. I want people to hear it because, you know, it, he wanted to kind of, cause he, he'd always been against a therapist. He'd never done a therapist or anything like that. This caused him to start going to therapy and, and figuring out like what's going on with him and 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 all that stuff so um definitely respect to him for putting it out and and all that stuff so interesting very interesting listen if you've been a fan of arrow at all i I would recommend listening to that and and kind of hearing that whole process it's it's a really interesting listen for sure yeah this is cool i i always like i always like when uh, you know, when celebrities open up about that stuff, because like it just like we were just talking about with the with the movies, like to see something and to know what it's like up close uh, can really inform you and change maybe your opinions. And for him to be, you know, he's he's the the picture of like a tough guy, and so for him mm-hmm. to share that stuff is really important, so people can help understand themselves and. Um, you know, I, I, am a person who's in therapy, so I, I would echo that like, it's, it's, it's a great thing for people who need it. Um, and for folks who are out there kind of spreading the good word, I love that celebrities are more open to doing that now. Uh, John Mulaney actually just had a really big interview with, um, oh my gosh, uh, Stephen Colbert on his show where they talked a lot about his anxiety. And it's a thing that I think more people, um, the more people that realize that what they experience is anxiety, the more they can work to help themselves and the better we're all will all be because, you know, a lot of people who think, Oh, you know, this is the normal amount of stress and this is what I'm supposed to do. And Stephen Amell was probably like, Oh, that, you know, I'm working hard. That's what you do. And you don't realize that you're, you know, you have something that needs dealt with. And so I love this. I think this is great. I'm glad you brought it. Uh, we will link to this podcast for sure. I know I'm going to go out and give it a listen um, and so, uh, Stephen Mel spreading the good word, 
while at the same time I'm trying to spread the good word about Shit's Creek, which I think is maybe not equally <laughs> important, but at least on the list. <laughs> um, so a very informative <laughs> one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. That's going to bring us to the end of episode 129 <laughs> of the Soko Show. Don't forget to follow us wherever it is you get your podcasts so you can have new episodes of this show every week. And also new episodes of our sports show on Fridays. Uh, tomorrow's episode will be previewing Super Bowl this weekend between the Niners and Chiefs, so make sure you check that one out. Um, let's see, what else is going on? Uh, make sure you check out our sponsors. Links to all of them in the description box. Uh, certainly appreciate all the support you can give them, as well as us on our Anchor page. Uh, find the contribution section on there. want to give a shout-out to our current contributors, Jared B., Mike V., and Fuck You., for helping out the show. We certainly appreciate all y'all's help. And to those who aren't contributors, we appreciate your listens as well. Every click counts. Nah, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. Get out of here. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I <laughs> uh, also want to put in a little plug. Uh, I, I recently was on an episode of Movies and Nonsense uh, with our good buddy and friend of the show. At Jared Buckendall. And uh, I, was re- I was really pleased with how it came out. Uh, I was really happy with that interview. Jared, uh, a fantastic interviewer. Not, not, not a something I had realized uh, up until this, but had a really fun conversation with him. So we'll link to that as well. So you can go check that out over on J Buck Studios on his YouTube page. So also make sure you hit the description box. You can get the link to download the form for our Oscar game, which is uh, basically a prediction game based on some confidence points. It's very fun. It'll be our third year of doing this, which is crazy to think about. Um, and Seth has been the champion for two years running. So we're going to see if... No, I think Jared technically won last year. It was. Yes, that's right. Jared did or win last we year. We may have tied something. I don't remember. I think we might have tied, and he technically won the prize. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think you. I think he edged you out by a bit. I'll have to look at this. But uh, I am certainly winless, and I would love to see a fan of the show um, be a winner. We'd love to come up with a prize to send out to you all. So um, hit the description box, figure out how to download the form, fill it out, send it back to me, and uh, you will be a participant in our game. Next week, Seth and I will be making our Oscar picks in our big Oscar preview show, so make sure you come on back for that as well. Other than that, guys, uh, you know, another another week, another show, so uh, make sure you're back in seven days for our 130th episode, which every time we do a new episode and we number it, it seems psycho that we've been doing it this long, but uh, <laughs> the show rolls on, and so uh, for the so-host, Seth Ott, this has been the co-host, Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.